Longbox Crusade presents Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs yet another movie review show. I'm Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and like always, like I tell you every time, I am a movie lover. I've got this huge collection of movies, and it just blows my mind sometimes whenever I run into somebody who has not seen a movie that I call a classic or that I love. So to rectify this, I sit down with the person, I make them watch a movie, and then I grill them about their thoughts and impressions. And this time, I've got a very special guest. I've got the one guy who's my age, who I still call a friend that has known me the absolute longest, like longer than anybody except for my parents, because he is my godbrother. His parents are my godparents. I've literally known him since like the day I've been born. TJ, how you doing, TJ? <laughs> I'm doing well, Rick. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We don't get to see each other that much, so this is kind of cool. That's true. Uh, just a whole virtual world here has made, uh, I don't know, long-distance relationships the same as next-door neighbor relationships, right? So Pretty much. Seeing you just as much now as I ever have. So. <laughs> and, this is a good and a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, and I still blame you for that, but um, I'm certain <laughs> somehow your responsibility, but yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I get blamed for a lot of things. It's all good. It's it's understandable. No, this is great. I, I It's another excuse for me to reach out to some friends who I haven't talked to and to talk to them about movies. I mean, we've known each other a long time. We've seen a lot of movies yeah. together. I have inflicted bad movies on you. You've inflicted bad movies on me. I want to turn the table this time and actually inflict a good movie on you. That's the hope. And uh, okay. like, all, like always, people have, uh, my friends have sent me lists of movies that they have not seen and they've said, you know, these are the ones I haven't seen, and I picked one. And I've decided to talk to you and pick a movie that I that you said you haven't seen, and it still surprises me. I would like you to see Lord of the Rings, Fellowship okay. of the Ring. <laughs> All right. Is it that's the first one? That's the first one. I'm I wouldn't I would not okay. tell you to watch the last one and then hope you just watch the entire series. I'm not gonna do was, that to you. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't gonna be something like that. Like, no, here, jump you in the middle of the series and no idea what these trees are or who the hell's carrying a sword or somebody yeah okay. no 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 it, it still surprises me that i i i know you have a fair level of geek cred and i have theories yeah. about why you haven't seen this film and i want to talk to you about those theories right now but before okay. we do we're talking like i said lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring which is the 2001 film directed by peter jackson and it stars a mess of people including elijah woods ian mccullen sean astin uh john reese davies christopher leave Hugo weaving sean bean and a whole mess of other people and this is a big blockbuster movie that came out in the 2000s and was followed up, of course, by the two other films. But what do you know about this movie besides that? And why haven't you seen it yet? Okay, so obviously I submitted the list to you. So I, I kind of expected a question like this. So, I have, so what do I know about it? What, why haven't I seen it? Well, I know it is a, a massive, massive, in-depth, detail-rich full of legends and lore uh, world that uh, honestly, if you're going to step into, you can't step into lightly. And so that's honestly that that's what I know about it. Also why I didn't, didn't uh, watch it. Cause I, I didn't want to just watch it and have a cursory knowledge of God, who are all those people? Like, uh, you, like, uh, you know, Hugo weaving, right. I could, I know he's in there. I know he's an elf something or other. Right. I didn't want to be that guy that didn't know the rest of us. I wanted to read the books first. Honestly. And uh, so what I did, probably not typically, is that I started reading about the books first. Oh. Um, and so, um, and I've forgotten more about it than because there's no end to the amount of knowledge about this stuff. I wanted to do it just. I wanted to read the book first because I knew there was no amount of movie, no matter how, la how long, no matter who was involved, that was going to be able to do the books justice. And so 
And then I never got around to reading the books. And so I'm still locked into this OODA loop here where I, where I should probably watch the movies because it's been about a thousand years since they came out. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It's been a thousand years since the books came out too. So I could probably read those and I'll have time someday <laughs> to read them. And so no, uh, that, that's why I haven't. What do I know about the movies? I know that uh, apparently the material is so moving and so powerful that even the actors that after the Fellowship of the Ring, they all got the FOTR tattooed on them somewhere. So I, but that, that didn't, that didn't make it easier to read the books or to start to watch the movie. <laughs> that, that made it more daunting. Like, man, I'm going to have to get a tattoo after I watch this. Well, here's, here's the biggest question I've got for you. Cause like I said, I know your family pretty darn well. And I know that your sister is very much into this material. She's very much yeah. into these movies. In fact, I think if my memory serves me right, that, for her wedding, like the bachelorette party was watching this movie while the bachelor party, which we were a part of, was doing something completely <laughs> not like that. But we aren't going to talk about that here. But I am pretty sure I'm pretty sure that they were watching this movie or one of the movies at that time. So yeah, I, I know that your sister is incredibly into this and I was thinking yeah. that could be a, possibly be another reason why you're not. <laughs> it might, it might be. Yeah, she, she's pretty. So she's a an equal level, but different flavor of geekdom. Uh, yeah. Than him. I don't know. Maybe you know she's Lord Baroness of that realm, and my, and, and, and I'll I'll be the Grand Executor Galactic of my realm. And so um, I don't know. I just I I never I, I never got to it because I, and not because I don't have respect for it or because I didn't want to, it's because I had too much respect for it and I wanted to do it right. And so that's, uh, that's ultimately it. So yeah, I, I only know what I can about uh, the movies, what I've learned uh, from memes, right? Mm -hmm. Stan, there's a second breakfast involved somewhere. I know <laughs> that um, there's somebody that's my precious. Anyway, so I, I do want to get into it and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited kind of kind of excited that you're making me do it I think the whole my family hostage and holding me at knife points a little excessive but uh, <laughs> where you're coming from um, uh, I'll, I'll just you know put the lotion on on my skin so that yep. I don't get the hose again that that'd be uh, nice that'd be nice no I am <laughs> looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of this one and uh, I think there might be a longer conversation that we might have once you watch the rest of the series but I'm not going to do that to you right now. I mean, the movie I was holding up is my extended edition, which I'm going to watch, but I'm not even going to make you watch that. You can watch the regular edition uh, as you find it, and we will talk about it. But yes, I am a big fan of this movie, and I'm very curious to see your reactions to it, especially 20 years afterwards. And like you said, living through a lifetime of internet memes that have come off of it. So I'm very curious about this. And we will go ahead and we will take a break now so you can watch that movie and we can listen to this wonderful trailer back from 2000 about Fellowship of the Ring. See you on the other side of the break, folks. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Believed lost for centuries. It has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? This is the One Ring, forged by the Dark Lord Sauron. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. 
of Mount Doom. Only there can it be unmade. I know what I must do, but I'm afraid to do it. One does not simply walk into Mordor. There is no other way. We've had an opportunity to sit down and watch, well, a long movie, some a little bit longer for those of us who watch the extended version. Let me go ahead and just do a quick synopsis of the film, and then we'll get into talking about what TJ thought about it. Bilbo Baggins, an adventurous hobbit, mysteriously disappears on his 111th birthday, leaving his nephew Frodo with all of his possessions, including a strange and magical ring. This ring is the fabled one ring that belonged to Sauron, the ruler of Mordor, and would-be ruler of Middle-earth. Gandalf the Grey, discovering the ring's true power, sends the young hobbit on a quest to hide the ring. This adventure takes him, his close friend Samwise, and two other hobbits, Merry and Pippin, to the Council of Elrond, who decide the ring must be destroyed. Joining the hobbits and Gandalf on this journey are Aragorn, the ranger and heir to the throne of Gondor, Boromir, the lord of Gondor, Gimli the dwarf, and Legolas the elf. Can the Fellowship survive the journey to Mordor? Can they resist the pull and seduction of the Ring of Power? And can TJ handle this much D&D in one movie? That is the questions we are going to answer <laughs> right now. So, TJ, <laughs> tell me. Man, you took the words out of my mouth of that D&D comment, man. It's one of the thoughts I had right in the middle of it. I'm like, wow, okay, so we got our cool D&D team. You need a tank. You need a wizard. You need a swordsman. <laughs> All right, there we go. We got them all. Well, what, what was your first impressions of this? I mean, what did you think? Did it meet up with the expectations you had? Uh, yeah, you know, it actually, it surpassed them. Sitting down watching, I watched it with my son, mm-hmm. nine years old. Um, and so he asked a lot of questions. And it turns out that I knew a lot more about the movie than I thought I had. I didn't know anything about the movie. I knew more about the greater world, yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings, than I, than I uh, some of it was from memes. Yeah, everyone's seen the does not simply walk into Mordor, you know, you've, everyone's seen that meme, everyone's seen the Eye of Sauron, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Frodo saying, all right, keep your secrets. As I'm mm-hmm. so I, I had a kid and all those things. But it turns out that, uh, especially at the beginning of the movie, when uh, Gandalf is talking to Bilbo about their previous adventures, when Frodo was talking about how come Bilbo is uh, uh, an agitator mm-hmm. or a peace breaker, I think it's something like that. Is what he called them. Anyway, these were all references to movies and, and stories I knew. I remember distinctly going to the local library, got them from like seven years old or something like that, and watching The Hobbit, the old hand-drawn oil, you know, watercolor-looking one. Where, yep. And 
and where he slayed a dragon. I said, that's the story right there. And, um, and so I kind of already knew it. That's the uh, Rankin and Bass one. And you might not remember it, but I mean, that one followed by Lord of the Rings, uh, the narrator is none other than Leonard Nimoy. Yes, it was. Uh-huh. Yes. Leonard Nimoy yes. singing Bobo. That's right. Bobo Baggins. Yes. Yes, that's him. <laughs> that is in your memory. That is your childhood. So I, lo- I love the film. Mm-hmm. Am I a Lord of the Rings, you know, disciple now? Am I a member <laughs> of the Fellowship? Probably not. I don't know. Because <laughs> I kind of made a joke. I, we were watching it. You know, like I said, it's like about three hours long. We got done with it. And I said, all right, only six more hours to go. <laughs> Oh, God. No, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you break that up over time. You you, you wait for the yeah. next snow day to hit and like, okay, guys, you guys ready to sit around the house, you know, watch something? Let's let's pop, pop, pop in one of these thumpies yeah. and we'll, we'll make that happen. It was neat. I had kind of a multi-generational experience there with my son because he's going along and he's watching it amazingly. And this is a big big point to the movie attention i mean it's three hours of anything for a nine-year-old is tough to do and three hours of a movie is almost impossible so but he's paying attention so much so that he's going along i mean you get down in in the movie and you eventually get to rivendell and and you get to the council and then and my son goes hey who's that elf and oh let me tell you about aerosmith and and (laughs) that was not the elf he was pointing to he was legolas Uh and uh, he goes who's that elf and i said do you know who that is that's Will Turner, uh-huh. and uh, as Will Turner from you know Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's the the genre that he's more familiar with. And he's oh, that's so cool, that's a great, you know. And and I said, oh, and that guy's from Game of Thrones. And he goes, huh? I said, good. <laughs> I haven't seen. That. So it was, it was really neat. I mean, it's an adventure. I mean, the, the story is. God, how old was the story? It was published in 1954. Okay, but it was written and inspired by. Okay, no, so it was it was moving. So when I started watching the movie, I guess I just had a momentary lapse just in my awareness of that this is actually the first part of three-part story yeah. and or at least a three-part story and so as I was kind of watching it I, I wasn't I, I got thinking man this story arc is not gonna end by the in three hours and I'm <laughs> kidding duh you know? and so I, I had this I obviously it's got another six hours and generations and, but I, so I got caught a little bit in that like man this is the arc doesn't seem the trajectory isn't working right. It's not it's not fitting. And so when we got to the end, nothing is actually resolved except that you know Frodo is off on his own yeah. now with, with Samwise. Um, who are the name of the two idiot? Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin. Yeah, the, they were they they were choice. Very tasty. <laughs> Good. It was it was nice. they were actually the ones credited with the second breakfast. Yes, yes, yes. Eleven supper and dinner and yeah. And I had to explain that to my son because it was going, moving a little too fast for him. And I, and I, t- I okay, so it was just a bunch of this, all the stuff that I, I really dug, especially watching my son. That is cool. And so we're going along and say, so you know, who that guy is right. And he goes, no, that's Count Dooku. So you already know he's a bad guy. <laughs> and then it turns out, I actually knew nothing about Saruman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I had heard all the other characters, I mean, just in passing and Big Bang Theory and all that weird stuff, right? I guess I had missed Saruman. And so it was pretty cool to see, you know, Gandalf go back to an or that go back to an order that existed before. That's the other thing. We got dropped in the middle of the story. Yeah. Even though we're about to go on this massive journey, this massive culmination epic, we're in the middle still. Gandalf has spent nearly a hundred years hanging out with the hobbits. He's got stories from them before, even without Bill. He's got uh, uh, Aragorn uh, has uh, obviously has history with the Tyler. That is one of the brilliance of J.R.R. Tolkien, actually, is that he created these stories, he created this mythology that is about this land, about these stories, and that's why it even starts off with Sauron, 
thousands and thousands of years before and the battle that he had. Yeah. And, it, and this is what occurred. He's got all these stories and all these mythologies for all these races. And so, yeah, you are starting off right in the middle. He's not expecting you to know the past. It's just like now, you know, you may not know all of the history. You might have had a chance to learn some of the history, but you don't know all the history of what's going on in the world. But he's plopping you right in the middle and just saying, you'll catch up. Trust me, you will catch up. Yeah. There are enough hints along the way. Yeah. That's true. Breadcrumbs to follow a little bit. Like, uh, like it is not immediately obvious. And thankfully, he handled it the right way. Or at least the movie did. I haven't read the book. Right? That uh, Strider turns out to be the king yeah. or the heir. You know, I was picking up on hints. Obviously, the human story is important yeah. in this. And uh, because they've got, what is it, nine rings, right? Yeah. They got... Uh, Anyway, and the, and of course, it's the human that, that cuts off, uh, so, what's his name, Isidore? Yes, Isidore's been, yes, Isidore. Yeah, Is, Isidore, uh, you know, cuts off the fingers. But then we fast forward like 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. It's exactly 3,000, 60 years. And uh, it's, it was amazing. Just in, in that, I think in the movie, it's only about, it might be two and a half minutes yeah. that they, they talk about the, the history of the ring in between the fall of Sauron and then the start of um, Fellowship. Eventually, um, what's that? Gollum, you know, ring, right? And then he, he doesn't age for 500 years. Yeah. And almost the next scene, the next thematic scene is, here's Bilbo, and he hasn't aged today. And right then I said, I turned to my son, again, nine years old, right? He's not exactly Sherlock Holmes, so he's pretty smart. But I said, hey, how come that cat hadn't aged today? And he goes, he's got the ring. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good paying attention, kiddo. Right on. He's got the ring. And... I mean, there are people, there are leagues, societies and stuff dedicated to this. And and there's no way we can talk about it in, in no. this hour, next hour. And uh, it was it was neat. So I, went, I wanted to almost stop you when you were giving the synopsis. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Almost everything you said there was, was false. <laughs> you said uh, uh, Bilbo gives Frodo the ring. He didn't. In fact, that's kind of a big moment there. He does. He still does. He's reminded to give the ring. He wants to give the ring. It is actually very, very important that Gandalf did not take the ring. Gandalf never took the ring. That is true. That Gandalf is true. reminded him and encouraged him to give up the ring. And the fact that it was still Bilbo's decision to give up the ring. He still, okay. he still said, I'm giving up the ring. That is vitally, vitally important. And that is what makes him a okay. better person than Gollum. Oh, well, just about everybody's a better person than Gollum. But there's reasons for Gollum. And then they, they get they get into that a little bit here. But Gollum was very was turned by it. And that's where you also see what happened to Boromir, or Boromir, too, is he starts to get turned by the ring as well. But Bilbo is able to let go of the ring. And in a beautiful scene where that ring just hits the floor and stops. <laughs> Yeah, I pointed that out to my son too. I said, "You want thing? It didn't go, bring, you know, and did the whole, whole like flipping a coin, spinning around on the floor thing. It went and stopped." I said, "You gotta watch this ring. This is kind of amazing." So, but then there was also you said uh, Gandalf sent uh, Frodo on the mission. Yeah, and and if you see, I think that that's part. That might be one of the uh, psychological subplots in this is that Gandalf did not want to send him no, on the mission. He didn't. And, as a matter of fact, the only mission he actually sent him on was to get him out of the Shire. And that was to get him to uh, the Prancing Pony. Mm-hmm. Get him there, and he was going to figure something out. Call that big bird and carry it on over to, to Mount Doom. But instead, you know, he abandoned him. Now he's like, like, every step of this way, I just keep, 
ah, I just keep putting him in the wrong place the wrong time. Go to the council, the council air dome. And he's like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll figure out a thing. We'll draw a pentagram or we'll do whatever it is we're going to do with this ring. It's Frodo that actually stands up and says, no, I'll, I'll continue to take this burden with me. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then you just look at Gandalf's eyes and damn it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly what I was trying to avoid. The thing I like about this movie and the entire story is that at its heart, what it is, is it's a real beautiful character study of the individuals and the friendships that actually exist there. Back in college, I actually took a course. uh, My reading course was on Lord of the Rings. And so it was right before the movies came out. So I actually did. I actually did a thesis on Samwise Gamgee and said that he's actually the hero of the story story because he is the epitome, the epitome of the best friend. He literally walks into hell with his best friend for no other reason than I want to make sure that he's okay. Well, no, that's exactly it. He's the only one that chose this course. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you could argue that Frodo did. He had multiple options to drop the ring, but in the end, he knew that the ring had to go. It was Samwise that, that didn't want the ring. He just wanted to be a friend. And even at the end of, of Fellowship, he makes the choice that he's going to go out and drown. Yeah. And throughout the rest of the series, I'll, I'll spoil it for the rest of the series, Sam is always always there by Frodo's side the entire way because that's much that's a friend you know Sean Astin is seemed to me like the only guy in this film that didn't fit <laughs> and Saruman and uh, and uh, Gandalf's uh, the actor's names I love uh, Gandalf the act- uh, Ian McKellen yeah Ian McKellen love that cat even loved him in X-Men every version <laughs> it's fine Viggo Mortensen couldn't have picked a better person um, Liv Tyler sexy as hell Hugo Weaving he acts about the same in every film as almost exactly and character because you can you can hear him talking about and we must not destroy it, it can all be destroyed in Mount Doom and you're like very okay. precise diction yes you know it just sounds exactly like Agent Smith like that's, this is the Matrix it's crazy wonderful uh, tapestry of, of characters I felt that e- as each one was introduced there was just a, enough of a hint as to the rest of the story that I you know flash a couple of seasons back and forth then I can still kind of follow the thread and I, I can see the connections and I can start to uh, become a part of the rest of the story one thing if I could ask I, again I only watched the movie mm-hmm. once I mean forever to, to watch the movie <laughs> five years to watch it the first time how come Aragorn doesn't and the rest of the team don't chase Frodo because they have finally realized that the thrall of the realized a couple of things one the thrall of the ring is so much it's too much for anybody else to deal with everybody wants to have the ring for their own reasons plus they also realize okay. too that by letting the smaller group continue their task and they've at least got him this far they pointed him on the right way they can hide very well hobbits are really good at hiding and so they know that just by themselves they probably are going to be okay especially now that they've got a better understanding of the risks they've got what they can to survive and they know that by themselves you know they're going to be successful or not but the more people that are with them the more danger that actually actually is going to bring it's a lot easier for a smaller group of people to get into somewhere than a larger group and because of the ring, it's a more of a danger for more people to be with them. I guess that could have been hit a little bit more square. Because right, right then I'm like, it's only like this creek. It's only deep for hobbits. Why don't you just walk your ass across this river and go chase Now, they, 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 they had a couple of reasons, too. One is that they're like, you know, if we can somehow make more of these villains follow us make it look like we still have the ring that's one thing plus they also had they also had to go and save uh who uh, were kidnapped too and remember too that saruman said that you know he sent those guys out go get the hobbits they've got you know don't don't worry about what the hobbits are carrying just go get the hobbits so 
at the moment it's working, there's a distraction that's occurring. Because mm. I do know in the in the next film, I think I jumped in on it once on like TNT or something on a Sunday afternoon, and it's just Gimli, uh, Legolas, and Aragorn just running for hours or days. Actually, is what it is. And so I knew that I, I guess I knew eventually they would separate. I don't know. Seems like the reason is wrong because I know that the orcs are are all attracted to the power of the ring. They aren't attracted to the power of the ring. They're the only ones who are attracted to the power of the ring are the ring wraiths. Uh, okay, and then Gandalf dies. I know he doesn't die. That can't be possible. What did you think about that scene? Okay, so I, I liked the scene. It had me on, on the edge of my seat. Uh-huh. Even though I could just, just because I've seen a thousand movies, I kind of figured this is more pinnacle than, than what it was letting on. And so when they're Aragorn and Frodo are balancing on the stairs, yeah. tipping, and then I'm watching like, you can get better jump. You know, it just, I mean, it's gravity will help. Get on out, get on down there. And then I watched them, you know, shift their body position and lean forward and stuff like that. And it tipped forward. And that was just all kinds of cool. But what I really in, enjoyed was there was almost, so what's, what's the trope called? Uh, Chekhov's gun. There's just you just throw another character into the middle of this to solve the problem, and it's somebody you don't know about, and it's this what looks like this action. What my son said, he goes, "Hey, that's the bad guy in Ragnarok, the big flaming guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Surtur, you know, yeah. from Ragnarok. I said, "Oh my god, yeah, good job. That was that was phenomenal." It mentions it in kind of a flashback. Oh, the dwarves have found something in this book, and the, you know, Gandalf is saw it in a flashback. Anyway, and so he comes tromping down. That's great. Lots of fun. And you shall not pass. Actually, my son knew that before I did. He goes, he's going to say, he's going to say, you shall not pass. And he did. And it was great. It was interesting because I kind of thought that would have been the end uh-huh. of the movie. Fellowship. And they, they might like crawl out of the rocks into sunlight and that would have been the end of the film. And then it turns out there's not. There's another, you know, like 25 minutes left of the film. Because, um, and I should have known that the film wasn't done because Sean Bean wasn't dead. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's how you usually know most films aren't done, is if Sean Bean's still alive, then the film's not done yet. <laughs> we still had to attack Troy one more time because Sean Bean wasn't dead. And, and another movie with uh, Legolas uh, in there. So I, lo- I love the end, or at least that part where Gandalf you know, dies. I I know that cat's too smart to, to be dead forever, so okay. So he's not really surprising me there, but... Let me ask a couple of questions about favorite here. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite scene overall in the movie? What scene did you and your son really enjoy the most? So my son, hands down, uh, loved it when uh, Arwen called on the water fairies oh. or the water horses, whatever like that, the big battle wave. Absolutely loved it. I'm a little bit more of a history buff. Um, and so I like making the connections back and forth. And I'm a big fan of the, the phrase that, uh, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and so looking at the past, I like to see the future. And so uh, obviously this, this significant event is that the, the humans had the chance at the you know, 3,000 years ago to end this all again. And so I think that we're going to, I like to see the paths these, are, these guys are taking. So there's a lot of the discussions between uh, Boromir and his discussions with Erebor and how he turned his back on, on his people, how the humans, turns out, are the ones that are keeping Sauron's forces at bay, either in the West. Or, it gave me the impression that there's a lot more going on around this mission than, than what we're seeing. And I mean, so you see just, uh, it almost made me side with Sean Bean and trying to get the ring, even though I know that the ring serves Sauron mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't 
serve its wearer or its bearer. You like the conversations that were occurring there. I did. And so every time, so I guess, so I'm, I'm cheating here. So where's my favorite part? Is every time Gandalf would slow down enough to make a mention, an offhand comment to one of his buddies about the past, when Sean Bean picks up uh, Isidore's broken sword mm-hmm. like that, and it's still sharp after all these years, and then, then Aragorn picks it up and puts it back in its place. All of that stuff is, is to me is just super telling. It's just laying all these small pebbles in the road to the to the end of this this thing. And you know, of course, I can make a couple of predictions. You know, the second one's called the Twin Towers, and the next one's the High. King. So that greater arc is you know not a mystery, but it's still it's it's the way you get there. And I don't know how. I don't know. So I'm int- I'm intrigued. I'd, I'd like to I like to watch the other movies. I always always wanted to, and I don't know that my son has got the stomach to watch them here soon. But what he did tell me is when he got done watching this, he goes, "Dad, you know, I think I want to watch the Harry Potter films." Ah, okay. I didn't expect that. I expected actually I expected more of a, a stepping stone into watching Conan after, <laughs> after uh, this. But he no, he was, he was digging the magic. He was digging some of the rules. Actually, he was asking me a lot about the rules of the rings. Um, and I said. Son, I don't know. You know, three rings to the elves. I imagine those have been destroyed. Nope. Actually, you've seen all three of the rings. Really? <laughs> one of the because r- I saw one of the rings and I, oh, right. one of God. one of the rings is, is uh, held by Gandalf. He's actually got the ring of fire. One of the rings is held by Galadriel. That's Kate Blanchett's character. That was in the second Elven city that they went to, where they were in the trees. Oh, yeah. She held. Oh, what's her name though? Uh, that's Galadriel. Galadriel. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the other one is actually owned by um, Hugo Weaving's character. All right. Those are the well, three the the three elvish rings. All the dwarven rings are destroyed, but the human rings, the people who had yeah, the they rings, into, they turned into turned the to, ring wraiths. Turned into the wraiths. Yeah. Real quick, let me ask you this. Yeah. Was there any negative parts for you? Was there any scenes that you just did not like in the movie? Okay, so I tried to to keep myself from having any sort of negative thoughts about the movie for for one reason, and that's because I figured much of this was going to be set up mm-hmm. for happens in the following films so you can't fault somebody for telling an eighth of the story when you know the rest of it's going to be told the rest yeah you know, they got to lay the groundwork somewhere yeah if i had to pick honestly i didn't like glad real portion it didn't make sense to me so yeah so they got done that was after um after being in the mines mm-hmm. and they got there and there was this a terrible person lies within this forest and 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 all of a sudden we're hanging out here with light and everything eating well getting water Every single person takes their weapons off and sets them down, like not even scared. And then, then she goes through the the whole. Oh, you offered it to me freely, and then freaks out. And I passed the test, and I don't didn't quite understand that because it seemed to me like she revealed it to herself rather than passed the test. But and then they left. Yeah, I figured that was part of a greater story. I said I, I don't know why like they just stopped at a pit stop here at a quickie mart, got a soda, and left. That's basically all they did like everything else this is a very thick book and they compressed it down into a very long story but there are some things that got cut or that are explained a lot more in the book and they go a lot more into detail about what exactly their stop at that spot means but yeah i can i can understand it especially by that point in time the movie you're kind of ready for the next piece and instead of the next action piece there's a breathing pieces are resting and then it goes back into action again but i can understand that i have one last question for you before i let you go and that is yeah you know we got the fellowship of the ring i have to ask who's your favorite character in the fellowship so that's that was where i got to thinking about the DD team you know i I usually find myself being a a wizard or a swordsman and whenever i play DD or something like that mostly because they're versatile it's easy to say frodo (sighs) 
So who's my favorite? I hope there's more to be seen of him, but it's, it's uh, what, Elrond. And he wasn't in much of the film, but he had the poise. He, he uh, actually is the one that, you know, sends the ring away. That'd be a great resting place for the ring, because, I mean, does a hobbit know what the hell he's doing? No. Is Gandalf welcome? Sure. Why not hold it there and defend? You know, that makes a lot of sense, but he said, you know, it can't be, can't be left here. We've got, I dug him. There's a lot more going on behind that guy. I liked that. Um, uh, he's the one that stated plainly what, what, his, you know, not, not necessarily even hinted at. It had been shown in various pieces all the way up there, but it says that, look, men can't handle this. Yeah. Humans can't. There's no more strength in them. They came to, I was there and I was, I just, and then, you know, flashback 3,000 years and he's, you know, dragging him up, you know, out to the little precipice of Mount Doom, throw it in, throw it in. And, and he's just war weary. You saw him in the ranks fighting. You saw every, and, and then he's just this colossal disappointment. Brought the horse to water or the human to lava, whatever, and could not make him chuck a ring into it. And Unfortunately for Elrond, Elrond's kind of had most of his time pass. He's letting the younger generations on there. You see him yeah, a couple times yeah. in the film, but I mean, his story has already been told and this isn't the story that he's on. Speaking of which, does can elves choose to be mortal? That's what they're kind of going with in this movie. And that's what Liv Tyler is choosing. She's giving up her yeah. grace. She's giving up her long life in order so, so that she can spend it with Aragorn. I thought the film was great. Just the fact that we're sitting here talking about different details and where it's going. And, and I did, I, I, I cared about it. I cared about the detail. And so it made me, uh, it had enough like momentum behind it that I don't know. There's, a, there's obviously magic in it. Right. And then, and, um, Got kind of caught up in it. It was, it was great. It was great. Let me, let's go ahead and finish this off then. Let me ask you the final question, and that is, how many full bags of popcorn would you give this film? <laughs> one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. This is the Longbox Crusade Network. They don't like half-filled bags of popcorn, so we're talking full <laughs> bags here. How many full bags would you give it? All right. Um, if I can't go halvesies, it's not a perfect movie. I think it does a lot of setup for the future. And so I'm going to give it a solid four. Excellent. I liked it. I would watch it again if I had three hours uh, to sit down, which I do, and I can do it. And so I think I would enjoy watching it again to find, because, geez, there's, you know, what is it? How long is the book? 1,200 pages? There's like 1,200 pages of detail that they try to compress into three hours. I'm kind of impressed they got even what they got in. Before you get back to watching it again, I would go ahead and spend the next three hours getting through the two towers and then... Yeah, work through the rest of the... Because there's a lot yes. of great stuff in the rest of this film series. And I, I am glad that I was able to actually get you on here. If for no other reason, you can have a longer conversation with your sister the next time you talk to her. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Hey, you know, by the way, this is not the first time, not even the second time, that you have recommended a movie to me that I've, like, adopted into my psyche. Um, the first one, Highlander. you remember? Highlander. Yes, us, us taking Frodo's trip across Canada looking for comic books. We were there, and we were looking for the movie Highlander and found it in a Safeway and uh, then watched it. On VHS, no less. That's how old we are. And then um, the second one was Pink Floyd's The Wall. I, what can I say? I am nothing but if not a trendsetter. That is my goal in life. Right. I find love and I share it with all of my friends. And that is the That's goal. What you're a giver. That is the goal of this show. <laughs> so TJ, I am you're a giver. I love it. I am very glad that you enjoyed this film, and I'm glad that I had an opportunity to get on here and talk to you about it. Normally, this is where I would allow my guest to tell people where he's at on the internet, but not unlike Sauron, he is hidden from view except for those who have access to a magic ring of power. So you can't really... You hear my rumblings behind the mountains. <laughs> you can't really find him on the internet. And if you did, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. Right. Good news, folks. You can find me out there. You can find me 
on Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my tossable dwarf, Jeff. Now, if you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com. And thank you very much to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use this wonderful attic of their headquarters to broadcast my show. And to their supporter, Omaha Bound. Also, to the Longbox Crusade members who help support this network, if you would like to support this network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all the time we have right now. Until next time, go out, grab the popcorn, pull up a seat, because we'll be back pretty soon with another episode. Later! Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for a license. 